Hi, I'm the Ish Girl, and you're listening to episode 41 of Connection Not Perfection. Welcome to Connection Not Perfection, the podcast that helps parents and teens connect using literature, laughter, and love. Hey there, I'm Amy, also known as the Ish Girl, and I am so glad that you're with me today. I just get so excited knowing that you guys are out there and that you are just all in and passionate about working with teens or parenting teens. And I wanted to share today a review that a listener left on iTunes. And here's what Candy said. Amy has such an easy style and is very relatable. You can tell she loves parents and teens, having a heart for both. I love that she's included teachers in her second season and addresses how important it is to be able to understand how to communicate with that part of our teens' lives. Amy's words of wisdom from her own experiences are spot on. The movies and books episodes have the fun factor and questions to help start conversations with our teens. A great segue out of the electronics that are everywhere. So I just wanted to say thank you so, so much, Candy, for sharing that. Having that kind of feedback just encourages me. And also it helps other listeners to find connection, not perfection. So thank you so much. Now, in today's episode, I am going to be talking about something that I have to be reminded of often. It's something that I talked about in one of my weekly emails recently, and In that email, I shared a story from my early teaching days. In fact, I think it was the first year that I was teaching. I was working with eighth graders, and during one of my class periods, a student said something to me that just sent me straight into fight, flight, or freeze mode. And believe me, I was not flying away, and I was not freezing. I was ready to rumble. And it was a pivotal moment in my teaching career because I realized that I would be a much more effective educator if I could control how I responded in those kinds of stressful moments. Now, if you're not signed up for my weekly emails, please be sure to head to my show notes and join because I share stories and information there that I don't share anywhere else. So that story is something that I shared only with my subscribers, but I wanted to refer to it because it is about that whole fight, flight, or freeze reaction that we can sometimes have. So back to that, when I'm in that state as a parent or just as a human being, it is super hard to focus and get back into a state of calm where I can act like the grown-up that I am. Getting my brain back on track after I've been triggered into a fight, flight, or freeze state can be super challenging. And I'm wondering if it's maybe something that you struggle with too. If you're not sure, well then just track with me for a minute here. Imagine this, you're making dinner and you ask your teen to help by unloading the dishwasher. It's the third time you've asked and he's ignored you so far. Your voice might be a little louder than the first time you asked on this third time, just saying. And he responds by flying into a rage, yelling that you never let him have a break, that it's not his turn anyway, and he hates being part of this unfair family. Your vision narrows, your heart starts pounding, and you may feel like you're gasping for breath. Your face flushes, your whole body tenses, your hands curl into fists. You are literally shaking. You yell at him to go to his room and you start slamming the clean dishes into the cabinet yourself. Or maybe you're in a classroom and you're transitioning from a small group project to a large group instructional section of your class time. 
One table of kids won't stop talking. And when you call them out, one of the girls rolls her eyes and keeps telling her friend about the sleepover she's planning. When you ask again, she stands up, pushes her chair back with an exaggerated sigh and stomps back to her desk, snarkily mumbling under her breath. Your face flushes, your heart pounds, you barely bite back a sharp comment that tries to force its way out of your throat. You say something, but later you can't remember your exact words. Those, my friends, are fight, flight, or freeze moments. Now, you may already know all about what's actually happening in your brain when you're triggered this way. And if you do, just tune out for the next couple of minutes because I'm going to geek out a little bit scientifically here because I didn't know the science behind it and I just find it so completely fascinating. Now, the official medical name of flight or fight is called acute stress response. And when we're scared or terrified, our brains snap into action or in paralysis, sometimes so fast that our body is moving before we really register what's going on. For instance, like pushing someone out of the way of an oncoming car or dodging that baseball that's flying towards you. In split seconds, our brain releases a flood of hormones that prep us to either stay and deal with the danger or run like heck to avoid it. And that means all of your resources, blood and oxygen, are sent to the more instinctive animalistic parts of your brain, like the amygdala. Now, if you don't know what an amygdala is, and I had heard the word but wasn't super familiar with where it is in the brain or what it does, um, your amygdala is located close to the hippocampus in front, I'm sorry, in the frontal portion of the temporal lobe, okay? So the amygdala is essential for your ability to feel certain emotions and to perceive them in other people. And this includes fear and many of those kinds of changes that it causes in the body. Now, I warned you guys, I'm totally geeking out here. So stay with me here. Now, the prefrontal cortex is part of the brain that's located in your frontal lobe. It's kind of right behind your forehead. And it takes care of a variety of really complex behaviors like planning and personality development. And you need to remember, if you haven't listened to the um, developmental appropriate episodes that I've done before, that that prefrontal cortex in teens isn't fully developed until they're probably around um, like between 22 and 25 years old. So when you are in a flight or fight response, your prefrontal cortex shuts down and the amygdala takes over. And because of that, it's super difficult to make good decisions in those moments when the danger is more of a snarky teenager rather than dodging a speeding truck. Because your brain feels all the same feels that it does when it's in danger when you get into these stressful situations. Now, there are tons of websites that describe exactly which hormones are cascading and where they originate in your brain and the whole chain of reactions that you go through physically. And I've included a couple of the ones that I found in my show notes. I found them to be helpful. So if you wanna know more, you can certainly dig in there. Um, another thing that I found super interesting was the fact that the more you have this kind of stress response, the more you have this kind of stress response, which is bad news for your physical and mental health and for your relationships, especially because it can take up to an hour for your body to get back to its normal state of things, for those um, hormones to kind of go back to regular levels and for you to be kind of back in your natural state where your prefrontal cortex is in control. 
Okay, now that we've gone through all the scientific stuff, what I want to talk to you about is, can we stop ourselves from having this kind of reaction? I think the answer is no, because it's an instinctive thing. But there are some things we can do to help get our brains back on track. And I will say there are some things that you can practice so that that stress response isn't quite so strong. I And the science behind that may be completely off, um, but just track with me. And I know that I've said that like three times now, but just follow along with me because there are some things that you can do that can help you think more clearly in those stressful moments with your team or with your students or with your husband or with that person in line behind you in the grocery store. All right. Now, I know I've talked about this a lot on previous episodes, and I'm sure I'm going to keep saying it over and over and over, but people... You have got to breathe. So when you are in these moments, you really need to work on your breathing because that is going to kind of center you. It is going to give your brain more oxygen. So really just breathe in for three and out for four or five counts. In for three counts, out for four or five. And I think the key here is, is to breathe out longer than you're breathing in. So you can do any variation on that as long as your exhales are longer than your inhales. And again, this works because it gets the oxygen flowing back to the places that you need it the most, those thinking parts of your brain. Also, when you're in the midst of this stress response, use your senses. While you're breathing, do a body scan. Recognize that your heart is pounding. Note what you're smelling in the environment. Really ground your feet into the floor so you can kind of feel the solid earth beneath you. Ask yourself if you're tasting anything, what sounds do you hear around you? Because brain research shows that focusing on the physical senses can really pull us out of our automatic negative thinking patterns. Um, These are also called ant patterns. Um, Daniel Amen is uh, a huge researcher in this area. Um, Dan Siegel, who I've talked about before on the show, is an author and researcher. He's written a book called Aware that is talks about this whole automatic negative thinking pattern thing. So to be able to snap yourself out of that normal pattern that you have, focusing on your senses really, really, really helps with that. Now, if all else fails, take a break. Learn to recognize when you're really having a difficult time getting yourself regulated in that stressful moment and give yourself and your team a time out. Now, this is also a great time to mention that your teen has these kinds of stress reactions too. And if you know that they're in flight, fight, or freeze mode, it's probably advisable and best to wait until you're both calm to talk about whatever the issue is at hand, okay? Now, Those are some things that you can do in the moment to really battle against that fight, flight, or freeze response. And I, you know, I say battle, but I almost want to say a better way to put it would be to lean into it, to really feel what you're feeling and not uh, struggle against it, just kind of surrender in the moment. Because if you're battling it, I think that's just going to keep that same kind of adrenaline and negative energy going. Okay, so you know what to do in the moment, but is there anything that you can do to help you before you've had that kind of reaction? Because like I mentioned before, the more you have this kind of reaction, the more you'll have it. So how can you get out ahead of it to maybe be a little bit preventative? 
So my suggestions would be to practice breathing when you're not in fight or flight or freeze mode. Now, this might look something like yoga or Tai Chi or Pilates or meditation. The more you learn how to regulate that breathing when you're not stressed, the easier it will be to connect with your breath and kind of get back into the healthier patterns and calm yourself when you are in the stress response mode. Also, it's super helpful to be able to identify your triggers because once you're aware of what pushes your buttons, you can recover your thinking brain more easily, right? Like if you're aware that you're easily triggered when your child says flat out no to you, or you're triggered when your teen is sassy with you or are sarcastic, or whenever they mumble under their breath and you can't understand what they're saying, whatever those triggers are for you, learn to recognize them so that in the moment you could take those deep breaths and say, okay, I know how to deal with this. And also understanding the fact that that is developmentally appropriate for your teen to push back, to be a little snarky and sarcastic, and to say no in some situations. It doesn't mean it's pleasant. It doesn't mean it's the right choice for them to make, but it is developmentally appropriate. And again, you can check out my ebook on all the things that are developmentally appropriate for teens and responses to have for that and responses to not have for that. And you can um, get that at the ishgirl.com forward slash ebook. So recognizing what your triggers are and understanding the little things that your teens do that while unpleasant, they are developmentally appropriate. And it's our job as adults to stay in our thinking state so that we can help guide and direct them to better decisions, right? Because learning everything you can about what's developmentally appropriate for your teen, it's easier to not take things so personally, right? So when you don't take things personally, you can avoid those fight or flight or freeze tendencies altogether. Now, also, I would say in moments of calm and when there's not um, this stress response going on or um, a high level of tension or anxiety between you and your teen, I would say to communicate with your teen about the fight, flight, or freeze response. And when you're both in that calm state, teach them to recognize it in themselves. Share these strategies that I'm sharing with you with them and show them how to give themselves and you space when they're triggered, right? So the more they understand, the better they're going to be able to cope with these uh, stress reactions and either the rage or the fear to like want to run and escape or just being frozen in place. Um, they'll be able to manage that a little bit better, or at least recognize it in the moment to understand what's going on with them because awareness is power, right? Now, whether you're a parent or a teacher or both, you're going to experience this flight, fight, or freeze response because you're human and that's just how our bodies are made. Plus, if you're like me, you know that your teens, your students know exactly which buttons to push. Am I right? But you can snap yourself out of it by practicing these strategies. Even so, remember to have grace with yourself when you don't manage to bump yourself out of it as quickly as you'd like to, or even manage to bump yourself out of it at all. Because this will take practice, lots of it, and you won't always be successful with it, but that's okay. Because you know it's all in how you come back together when you've blown it. 
you guys know that reconciling is a huge, huge, huge component in creating a connected relationship, especially with our teens. And that's something that I talk a lot about on this show. Like you are going to have these flight, fight or freeze responses and you're going to blow it sometimes. You may blow it often, but having grace with yourself and communicating with your teen so that they know that you are are trying to manage it, that you are trying to figure out ways to show up for them and not blow up for the <laughs> blow up at them um, so that you're modeling that for them as well. Because it's not like we just throw up our hands and say, oh, well, I'm just going to mess up. We're always trying and striving to be the best people that we can be, right? The best parents that we can be, the best models that we can be for our kids. But you do have to have grace with yourself because we are going to mess up, right? Now, I will share with you that not long ago, I had one of these fight, flight, or freeze moments with my daughter. And ironically, I had just been going over the notes for this episode. And if we had been at home, it was one of the situations where I would have totally taken a time out. But we were stuck in the car together. So instead, I told her I needed a no talking cushion or time out. We weren't allowed to talk until further notice. And she wasn't happy about it. She even pushed back a little bit. But she was quiet eventually, long enough for me to calm down and think through how I was going to handle the situation at hand. And I must admit that in this moment, I had to pull out the stop talking or give me your phone card so that she knew that I meant business, right? So she had the choice of either, you know, being quiet or she could, if she wanted to keep talking, she could hand over her phone. And if your teens are like mine, then you know what she chose there. She chose to be quiet. So even though it was a little bit bumpy in the moment, I felt like I did count it as a victory because instead of just um, blowing up in the moment or saying something that I didn't mean, I was able to take that time out and then come back probably 10, 15 minutes later, and we were able to have a good conversation about what was going on. The thing is, when you're in fight, flight, or freeze, and you start using your words to work in the situation, a lot of times, I don't know if you've found this, but a lot of times I cannot even remember what I've said. So we'll have these kind of circular arguments where it'll be like, well, you said this, and my daughter will be like, I didn't say that. Or, and she'll say, you said this, mom. And I'll say, I don't remember saying that. And a large part of it is because of all those hormones and the blood and the oxygen that are going to that amygdala part of your brain. You have a hard time remembering what exactly came out of your mouth and controlling what does come out of your mouth in the moment, right? So I know that sounded a little convoluted, but I think you're following me with it where in fight, flight, or freeze mode, you don't always have full control over what's coming out of your mouth. That's the point I'm trying to make. Okay, so like I said, that moment in the car with my daughter, I did count as a victory, even though it was a little bit um, bumpy there. Now, I'm hoping that you're able to find little victories along the way too. And I would love, love, love to hear about them. And you can get a hold of me, message me or tag me in Facebook or Instagram. And there are links to both of those in my show notes. And again, I just want to remind you another great resource for helping in these moments of fight, flight or freeze would be getting a hold of my free ebook because it really does talk about those developmentally appropriate things for teens. And when you understand what those are, it's much easier to manage your response 
when they happen with your team. And again, you can find the the link to that in my show notes, or you can just go straight to theishgirl.com forward slash ebook. I just want to thank you guys so very much for hanging with me today. I would love for you guys to subscribe on iTunes. And if you're feeling super encouraged by this episode or any of the episodes and also feeling super generous, I would love for you to leave a review as well. I would love to feature you at the beginning of the show by sharing what it is that you write on the iTunes review section. And just remember too, that when you do that, that means that someone else is even more likely to find connection, not perfection as a resource as well. And I'll be completely authentic and honest with you here because I do have to say that those reviews are certainly encouraging and motivating for me to keep going and doing what I do as well. So thank you for that. Now, until next time, from an ish girl who tries to wear green every single day, true story, it is all about connection, not perfection.